Welcome to the Richard Blackby Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackby Ministries International. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. It's so good to have you guys with us. My name is Sam Camp, and uh, as always, I'm joined by Richard Blackaby on the 14th episode of the podcast. Where has all that time gone, Sam? Yeah, I know. It's just, <laughs> time flies. It's good to be with you. I was in Canada for the last 10 days, and so it's good to be back home, and, and you're putting me right back to work. Yeah, there's no, no time wasted here. Like, <laughs> Don't even get to recover from the jet lag. <laughs> Well, today we want to talk about um, embracing failure. Last week we uh, discussed more of the moral failings of a lot of uh, well-known leaders, uh, both in the church and uh, outside the church. Um, but this week we want to talk about embracing failure, and it's something that's that's really hard to do. Uh, mm, reco- yeah. Recovering from failure, handling failure, it's something I think a lot of people just try to avoid altogether. What can we learn from failure, and, and how can we prepare ourselves for those eventual failures, not necessarily in the character moral failings, but just when you try to launch something, it doesn't work out, or you try to produce a new product, no success, yeah, even a new uh, event or something, say, uh, that just falls short, nobody comes to it. How do you handle that? Yeah, you know, last week we talked about the more major cataclysmic failures, like committing adultery, embezzling funds. Uh, hopefully none of our listeners ever commit those failings. Those are certainly avoidable. But failure in on a smaller scale, like you said, you, you try to launch a new product or you make a new effort and you, you, you hold a, a conference and no one shows up and you lose money on a product or an effort and it's embarrassing, that's inevitable. That everybody, every leader is going to experience failure at some level, and, and yet so many leaders dread failure. They avoid it at all costs, and they, if they experience it, they beat themselves up and perhaps never get over it, are haunted by it. Uh, and so I find that a lot of leaders, it, one thing you know for sure is that when you fail, what it represents is that you tried. If you, the only way to never fail is never attempt anything, which, of course, is a form of failure. So if you're going to try something, inevitably it's not always going to work out. No one has a 100% success rate all the time throughout their leadership career. So the first thing is um, if you experience failure, then good. You, it means you tried. You tried something, and you tried something that involved risk. If there was no risk involved, you wouldn't fail. Uh but to move uh, people forward, there's always going to be risk. People, things never go just as you planned and hoped. So uh, the first thing is just expect that in trying things, there'll be failure. But also understand that failure is not a character trait. It's an event. Uh, on this particular day, I failed. That doesn't make me a failure. It means that today I failed at something I attempted. Don't uh, be too quick to label yourself a failure just because you tried and it didn't work out. Uh, I find people that uh, they they inadvertently label themselves a failure and then they lose their confidence, they lose their initiative, they're afraid to try something again for fear that they'll fail again, and uh, so they become ineffective. The, the other thing I would say about failure just at the outset is that 
we just don't handle failure as well because failure actually can be a just a a gold mine of wisdom you'll learn far more from your failures than you'll learn from your successes in fact i tell especially young leaders that early success is far more dangerous than early failure because when you succeed early on you're just a young whippersnapper in the office the young gun that comes in full of uh, enthusiasm and confidence and the first thing you try is magnificently successful well that's not going to create humility <laughs> it's not going to it's not going to drive you to seek counsel it's not going to drive you to ask for advice it's not going to cause you to soul search and make sure that your character is as it should be uh, success tells you i'm i'm smart i'm good it creates pride it closes your mind it doesn't open it it makes you want to give advice not seek advice but when you fail that that gets your attention that humbles you and of course a humble leader can be a very effective leader and so the sooner you learn humility and leadership the better failure causes you to seek counsel and to ask advice to surround yourself with people that have experience and that's going to set you up for a lot more success down the road so be grateful if god allows you to experience a humbling failure early in your career because uh, that will set far more in motion in a positive way in your life than will early success. When those failures come because you're trying things, the key is, and this is where people really make a mistake, is we're so anxious to move forward and get away from that failure. Like, let's get that in my rearview mirror as far as possible, that we don't ever take time to mine a failure. And uh, someone has said that experience does not bring us wisdom. Reflecting on your experience brings wisdom. We all have experience. Every day we have another day of experience under our belt. That doesn't make us any smarter just because we've been showing up at the office for 20 years. What makes us wiser is when we take those experiences and we reflect on them. We put them on the table, dissect them, and say, what can I learn from this? What, what have I learned never to do again? What have I learned to do differently going forward? Uh, I think one of the worst things that, that can happen to a leader is not to fail, but to fail and then never uh, dissect it and take away from that failure any wisdom, any new insight. Uh, I tell people, for you to fail may certainly not have been your fault. You may have been good uh, with the best of intentions, given it your best effort, and you failed because you lacked insight, you weren't aware of certain issues. But if you keep failing at the very same thing, now that's a problem. Because if you keep failing over and over again on the same issue, that means you haven't learned anything. Uh, you know, I, had a, I worked with a nurse one time who had, had, who had been divorced five times, and she wanted to give me advice on marriage. I would say, now, I'm, I could see where you could d divorce once, and perhaps you didn't really know the person well. Maybe you were quite young and inexperienced. But by the fifth failed marriage, uh, number one, you should not be giving anyone marital advice at that point. Uh, but secondly, after five failures in the same domain with the same issues, I'm starting to suspect you, you need to, before you get married again, you need to reflect on what went wrong. Uh, maybe you just married poorly all five times. Well, if you're going to marry a sixth time, don't do it the same way you did it the five times before that. So the key is always uh, dissecting, taking apart your failures and saying, 
all right, here, here's what I've learned from this. And boy, if you, if you learn something valuable from every failure that you have, over time, those failures are going to really add up to, to give you tremendous uh, wisdom. You're, you're going to become a very wise person if you gain insight from every failure that you have. And what's going to happen is you're going to have less and less failures because you keep gaining wisdom. Of course, you know, the, in history, some of the greatest leaders were notorious failures in terms of failing often. George Washington, uh, considered often as one of the greatest presidents of all time in American history, he failed repeatedly. I mean, all of his early career in, in the military was primarily failure, uh, making huge mistakes. He, in, during the Revolutionary War, he actually lost more battles in the first couple of years than he won, uh, but he won the ones he really had to. Uh, part of his success in the Revolutionary War is that he just held his army together, even though they kept getting beat uh, for the most part. Uh, Abraham Lincoln continually lost elections, went bankrupt, uh, had all kinds of setbacks, and yet ultimately became perhaps the greatest president in American history. Uh, Harry Truman, at one point uh, well into his career and business, I wrote to his uh, girlfriend and said, I, just, I can't possibly keep losing all of my life. Uh, but he just kept on having one setback after another until ultimately becoming one of America's finest presidents. There's just something about failure. The Duke of Wellington, another one of my heroes, at uh, one point early on in his career, he experienced a failure, and his biographer said uh, Wellington concluded that he had, he had at least learned what not to do, and that was, that was something. Uh, I'm never going to do that again. And so he walked away to say, well, that wasn't a complete and utter failure because I learned a valuable lesson from that setback. And of course, uh, in that great battle of Waterloo, where he went head to head with Napoleon, he had learned so much from previous failures and setbacks that now when he really, when it really mattered, he, he won. He was victorious. Churchill, of course, lost a number of elections. Twice he changed parties because he pretty well had burned all the bridges in the party he was in. He was a senior citizen, and uh, at one point, uh, Lady Astor, that was uh, a member of parliament, was asked about Churchill. He said, well, what about Churchill? Is he, what's he doing these days? And uh, Astor's uh, response was, oh, Churchill, he's finished. Uh, he's done. He's uh, failed so many times, he's a non-entity anymore. Of course, that was... <laughs> less than a year before he became the prime minister. Uh, but he had failed so much, people had written him off. Uh, and so you can look down the line, and you know, even people like uh, Billy Graham actually proposed uh, marriage to a young lady when he was a young man. And he was turned down because she felt he didn't show enough promise and potential for ministry. So many people that ultimately rose to greatness in their field had a whole string of failures leading up to their greatest moments of success. So the key is what you do with those failures. I mean, if you keep failing over and over again, but learning nothing, then it, then you are not going to improve. Your future doesn't look any brighter. You just look pretty thick-headed, and you're just going to keep pounding into the same wall. But uh, instead, if you every every failure, you sit down with God and say, God, what can I learn from this? What's my takeaways? Where did I go wrong? What did I presume that I shouldn't have? What did I neglect? Uh, what character traits in me caused me to be blinded to realities I should have noticed and seen? How did, what did I do to mistreat people so that they did not uh, work with me and help me but turned against me? 
If every solitary failure you unpack for every insight into yourself, into your skills, into your viewpoints, then you will continually grow wiser and you won't keep making those same mistakes. And so if I sit down with anyone who's beating themselves up because they failed, I want to say, you know what? Beating yourself up will not make you any smarter. It'll just add guilt. It'll just demoralize you. It'll sap your confidence. So don't beat yourself up over a failure. Instead, mine it for all the nuggets of gold that are lying there at the surface if you just take time to open your eyes and, and see what's there. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's take a break here, and then when we come back, we'll wrap up. Twice a year, Black Bee Ministries hosts a spiritual leadership coaching workshop in the Atlanta area. The focus of this workshop is learning how to ask the right questions to help move people onto God's agenda. If this sounds like something you're interested in, the next workshop dates are October 24th to 26th and registration is open now. The early bird rate is available until September 30th and space is limited. To find out more and to register, visit blackbeecoaching.org. We'll also leave links in the show notes. So we've seen that that failure can be a great resource for a leader. You can learn much more from a failure than you can from a success. Failures humble you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what are are some practical ways that we can learn from failure and and keep it from demoralizing us uh, as as we lead others? Well, one thing is don't uh, lead in such a way that you're driven by not failing. There have been a number mm-hmm. of military leaders. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, there have been a number of military leaders, for instance, that were so afraid of losing a battle that they focused on not losing instead of focusing on winning. Mm. And so it was always a defensive, uh, fearful effort. It's like, we can't, I can't afford to lose. Uh, instead of saying, how can we win? Uh, I, I know people that are so afraid of offending someone or making a mistake that they just won't make, they won't uh, attempt anything. And uh, that's always a worse mistake. Uh, so I would say now learn from your mistakes. Try not to make the same mistake twice, but don't, but don't live in fear of failure. Don't live in fear of making a mistake. I see leaders that uh, they sit on the fence uh, too much uh, in fear of, well, if we... I think we should try to build this building. I think we should try to hire this staff. I think we should. Uh, I think we're going to have to confront this uh, uh, behavior. But what if it goes wrong? What if uh, mm. people get upset at me? What if they blame me for the problem uh, if I expose it and address it? Maybe better just to not do anything. Uh, and so we live in fear of failure instead of uh, anticipation of success. So. I would always say strive for for victory and success. Don't let your leadership be driven by fear of failure. But uh, what I would, and if I were to coach someone, one thing I would say is, why don't you why don't you list uh, four or five of your most recent painful failures? It might might just be a small thing, might be a bigger thing, but uh, list those four or five times where you feel like I made a mistake. I I did not succeed. And then I want you to go back on each one of those and say, what did I learn from that failure? Uh, What's my takeaway? If you can have a a significant takeaway from every failure, instead of it just being a string of failures, they become a series of landmarks where you learned a valuable lesson. So for instance, uh, maybe uh, you went into a venture, but you hadn't done your homework. You weren't prepared. You didn't have your facts in place. You hadn't uh, checked all the, where the landmines were yet, and think something blew up in your face. 
you can say, you know what? I just learned I've got to do my homework. I, I rushed in too quickly before I really knew the lay of the land. Uh, that's an easily remedied mistake. Next time, you don't hurry quite so quickly. I remember reading a biography on uh, Dwight Eisenhower, and he was being pressured to make a decision, and he still wanted to think it through, wanted to do his homework, and people were all pressuring him. Well, leaders decide. You're a leader. You need to decide. What what are we going to do? And Eisenhower responded, when an accountant makes a mistake, he loses money. He said, when a general makes a mistake, he loses people. He said, people can die because I didn't do my homework. So he said, I... I, I love uh, his comment. He said, never make a mistake in a hurry. He said, uh, you, you, you may make a mistake, but don't make it because you were in too big of a hurry to do your homework. So it may be that you look and say, I just didn't do my homework. Um, or maybe you just say, I acted too soon. Now, people like me, uh, we like closure. We like to decide. We don't. I don't like things hanging in the air, <laughs> left undone. Put a bow on it. And oh, yes. send it off. Send it off. Drop it Get off. It at off UPS. The <laughs> it's not on my desk anymore. Yeah, and 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 oftentimes that and 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 that's not a bad uh, trait for a leader. Deciding things, getting it done, not having to revisit things. The problem is sometimes I'm more driven by that, by getting the decision made, than I am by getting the right decision made. Mm. I just want to decide. And so that's led to some mistakes because I decided, but uh, the decision was made, but it wasn't the best decision. Uh, and so I look back and say, you know what? I rushed that one. I, I was more concerned about making a decision than I was about making the right decision. Uh, sometimes it's just paying attention to details. Sometimes we're just big picture people. So we see the big picture where we want to go. We see the forest, but we neglect to see the trees. And details matter. Yeah. Small details can uh, disrupt a huge venture. And so we, we can think we're just too busy or we're too high up the, the ladder to worry about details, but small details can make a huge difference. Uh, so we, we want to be, we may look back and say, you know what, I just, I neglected the details. There were signs that warned me that there were problems, but I didn't, I didn't heed them. I didn't pay attention. Sometimes for me, it's even something like um, speaking too soon. I think something, I see something, I'm frustrated. Here's uh, someone that's not doing their job. And so I just tell them what I think. I just, uh, maybe I send them an email. Maybe I say something in person. And it's harsh and it, it's hurtful. And I walk away and I think, wow, that was, that was pretty tough. I, I was pretty hard on that person. Um, and so maybe I lose a good staff person because I was just too hard on them. Uh, or, or I, I'd lose a possible deal, a relationship, because I was too blunt. And I realized, you know, I, I, I didn't have to communicate those raw thoughts. I could have taken a night to sleep on that. I could have thought that through. I could have toned it down and still uh, communicated what I need to, uh, but I, I didn't take time to craft my communication. Uh, I just gave them the raw, unedited thoughts, and uh, that was that was pretty came across pretty harsh. So, uh, so what do I do? I, now I, you can go back and apologize. You can go back and try to mend that relationship. Uh, but more importantly, I can learn in the future that uh, one of the rules I learned was uh, every time I'd craft an email to someone that perhaps uh, I, I was upset about something, I was concerned, and I wanted to let them know I was concerned. Uh, and so I write out this uh, draft of an email. I'm ready to hit send. 
but but I hesitate. I there, I pause. I, there's something in my spirit says, "Boy, this is going to be harsh. Uh, he this is going to shake his cage. Uh, do I really want to be quite that harsh? Uh, maybe I do. Maybe he needs a real direct communication. But uh, I could probably send this tomorrow morning, and it would if, if it either by tomorrow morning I'm going to look at it with fresh eyes and decide I could tone that down a bit. I might just need to delete that first sentence." Uh, and it changes the whole tone of uh, yeah. the email. Or maybe, no, I've thought about it all night long, and this is really what needs to be said. Well, at least I've given it one more night's sleep before I send it. And so I've, I've had to learn from that very experience of saying there's some things that you just need to sleep on. And uh, maybe some relationships, uh, some efforts would, would turn out differently if I just took a little more time. So... You know, I if you if someone were to look at my leadership today and say, Richard, I notice that you do this, or I notice uh, this about your leadership style. How did you how did you learn to do that? Uh, how did you get so good at this? Uh, I would I would say I, I've got a failure behind everything I do as a leader today. I I can tell you a story of why I do it this way now instead of that way because years ago I did it that way and it blew up in my face and I made a mental note never to do it that way again. Uh, and so over time though, if you keep mining those failures and you keep reflecting and saying, did it have to be that way? Did I have to do it that way? Our problem is sometimes we're just too defensive. We have something blow up in our face and then we say, well, they just shouldn't have taken it the wrong way. Uh, they shouldn't have been so sensitive. They shouldn't have been so defensive. But the fact is that the problem is not that they were too defensive. It's that we did not communicate properly. If we had communicated in a different way, they wouldn't have become upset. They would have accepted what we had to say. Uh, but if you're just going to defend everything that you do, of course, when you fail, we're worried about what our boss is going to think. Oh, well, is this going to look bad for me? So I better just justify it and not, not take blame for it and blame other people for my failure so that uh, it doesn't hurt my career. But the problem is you never learn from failure that way. If you're just justifying your failure, you're, you're bound to fail the same way again. So if, if you have someone who, who is just always trying to justify failure, what do you do for that person to help change their approach to failure? Yeah, now I would certainly try to, as best I could to sit down with someone and say, okay, now let me help you unpack what just happened. Let me help you take ownership for your leadership or your poor leadership and help you identify some takeaways from this. You, you, you don't seem able to do that yourself. Maybe failure, your, your sense of uh, self-worth and uh, insecurity is such that it's just difficult for you to even get near a failure, to go back there. Uh, we just want to get as far away from it as possible. So I, I try to help them go back and unpack it. Now, if I have a staff person that just repeatedly fails in the same area and just refuses to take ownership, refuses to learn, well, then we're going to have a problem because I can't have someone who... I don't mind people failing uh, periodically because they had bold initiatives and with the best of intentions, they tried something creative and it didn't quite work out. But if a person keeps failing and learns nothing from their failures, I'm going to get concerned about that. I'm going to realize this is a person who's not growing. If you grow from your failure, then... I'll be fine with you having a series of failures if you grow from every one of them because I know that it's an investment. 
our, our organization took a hit, but one of our key players grew and matured and became wiser and became more effective. So that's an investment in our leadership. If you, if you don't grow, then that becomes a problem, and, uh, and we'll have to address that. And uh, if you're growing, I'm willing to be very gracious and patient. If you're not growing, then at a certain point, we're going to have to release you to find another place to work. So yeah. failures are fine if you handle them properly. If you don't handle your failures properly, then uh, that ultimately is going to become a problem for you and the people you work for. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to take that time to to reflect on your failures and, and see what you can learn from them. Coming up uh, next week, we're going to be discussing our uh, leadership book review. Can you remind us again what book that's going to be? It's uh, the book Execution. The Discipline of Getting Things Done by Larry Bossidy and Ram Charan. And a great book on executing uh, your vision, your, your goals, and uh, not about uh, putting things to death, but about getting things done. <laughs> and so if you right. haven't read it yet, uh, try pick that up, and you still have time, and we'll, uh, we'll unpack it next week. Great. We'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at blackv.org.